This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Welcome back to Education Matters. I'm Katie Olmsted, part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association and its 120,000 members. And I am honored to bring you part two of our A Legacy of Education series. You'll remember, this special series is all about Ohio educators who have followed in a parent's footsteps into the education profession. In this installment, we're meeting Callista Altenberger, an intervention specialist in Allen East Schools in Northwest Ohio. She just started her second year of teaching, although she calls herself an old new teacher because teaching is not her first career. And she's not the first person in her family to enter this career field. Callista's brother is also a new educator, and her father taught at Bluffton University for a time. And Callista's mom, Sandra Dowdy, has been teaching in Lincoln View schools for 29 years. Sandra initially taught high school Spanish in that Northwest Ohio district, but then moved to teaching junior high math and now teaches junior high language arts. Oh, and Sandra also followed her family's footsteps into the teaching profession. Her great-grandmother was a teacher, too. We wanted to learn more about this family legacy of education, so we invited Callista Altenberger and Sandra Dowdy to join us for this episode. Sandra, Callista, thank you so much for sitting down with us and, and being willing to share your family's story. I should note that just as we were starting this conversation, uh, a granddaughter popped her head into the video here. Um, talk to me a little bit about your family. Well, I am the mother of two children who um, are both grown. Uh, Callista <laughs> is 29 years old and holding. Uh, my son, Justice, who is also a teacher, is turning 26 today is his birthday, and he teaches at Lima Senior. I've married, um, been married for 30 years to my husband, Daryl, who I met at Bluffton University when I was there in college. So, um, and I have two beautiful grandchildren, Callista's children. Shaylee is a kindergartner with her at Allen East. I'm jealous of that. I wanted her, of course, here with me, both of them, but um, and then um, Rowan is three, and um, they're just a joy. They're just a joy. And I might as well just go ahead and tell you that at this point, neither of my children wanted to be teachers. Let's talk <laughs> yep. about this. Okay. They really did not. <laughs> I would say to them, you know, along the way, as they're trying to decide what they want to major in and everything, well, are you sure you don't want to think about being a teacher? Are you sure you don't want to think about it? No. I mean, a definite no from both of them. I mean, why would we ever want to think about doing what mother does, right? So anyhow, um, <laughs> they both went off. They, they both went to Bluffton University. They received their degrees in something other than teaching. And uh, Callisto can share with you how um, she was led to teaching but it was funny because it happened, even though they're four years apart, it happened at the same time for both of them. Both of them were going through getting their teaching degree at the same time. They both began teaching last school year was their first year. So 
So, Callista, there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> um, first of all, why didn't you want to be a teacher? And then second off, what led you to being a teacher now? Okay, so, you know, parents will tell their kids all these advice and things that they should and shouldn't do, right? And you're like, no, my parents are old. They know nothing. It's like they never even grew up. They just were born as a parent, right? So I very much did not want to go to Bluffton University. I did not want to go to the school my parents were at. I very much did not want to be like my mother or my father because he taught at the time too. He taught at Bluffton University for a couple of years. And I just was like, I'm not going to do what they do. I want to be my own person. I want to go and, you know, follow my own direction. I love the medical field. Um, I still do to this day. So I thought public health um, was the way I wanted to go. Um, Thought about being a nurse practitioner. I think that was my goal going into college. Um, I was interested in marine biology as well. However, um, that requires you to go by the ocean. So I ended up going to Bluffton and they didn't have marine biology because there's no ocean around us. They didn't have a nursing program yet. They are getting one or have one now, which is awesome, but they didn't have one at the time. So I went into public health. I ended up getting into various classes and I ended up focusing my concentration in public health was the education piece. So I thought I was going to be working for a health department, getting out there in the schools, promoting public health, you know, whatever it is. And I worked at a mental health addiction dual diagnosis center at that time too. And I really liked the therapy groups where you're sitting and you're, it's it's educating. You are, you're talking about strategies and things you shouldn't, shouldn't do, you know? And then I started working at capabilities, working with um, anybody who had any type of disability, whether it's developmental, mental health, whatever it is. And I helped them get jobs in the community. And I really, really loved, love, love, love working with my individuals that had Down syndrome or um, cerebral palsy, like the, the big, 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 you know, disability areas that um, require a lot of attention. But I loved working with that population. And I had a nice sit down chat with myself. And I said, listen, either you're going to be a nurse or you're going to be a teacher and you need to decide now. And when I decide, that's what I'm doing and I'm doing it. So, um, I signed up, registered with BGSU within, I think, a couple of weeks of deciding that. Um, had a child three months, two months into my first year of my master's. Had another kid in my master's program. Had two babies throughout my master's program in special ed. Um, got a new job at the Board of DD as a case manager or SSA, working with people with developmental disabilities. I also, what else did I, oh, I had to do my student teaching as well. So quit my full-time job with all the great benefits working for the county um, and spent a whole semester not getting paid, but being a student teacher. So yeah, I took the long way around. Um, In the end, I should have just listened to my mom. So, you know, kids should just learn from me, but you know, yet again, I'm sure my daughter's going to do the same thing. So <laughs> I, I just want to say, this is now on the record, Sandra. She yeah. said she should have listened to you. I was just going to say that. It's I'm so glad you're taping this. It's fine. <laughs> so Sandra, when, after all of that time, she did the thing you thought she should have done to start with. What did you think? Um, yeah, I, I thought, oh man, it would have just been so much better if you just would have decided that in the first place. However, <laughs> it didn't surprise me at all. Uh, I just felt like teaching would be something that just would be fulfilling. 
I think our family likes to have purpose in what they do, what whatever the job is. I mean, you not to say that other jobs do not have purpose, but we are kind of a serving kind of family, I feel like, and we like to be helpful. We just do. We like to give and we like to be helpful. And um, I think that just fits our, our family. So, Calista, what yeah. was your earliest memory of your mom as a teacher? <laughs> uh, good one, bad one. Which what one you do you got want? for me? I'll take them both. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe, that'll, well, maybe that'll be telling about why you didn't want to be a teacher and then did. <laughs> well, nah, I don't know. Um, so my earliest memory um, of her being a teacher probably would be I think I was in kinder, no, not kindergarten. I would have been in first grade. And I would, I just liked hanging out with her kids at the end. And I mean, as a kindergartner, I had, I, I thought so, a few boys were cute. <laughs> so I knew if I could hurry, I could hurry, I could run. I would see them as I passed by them. And then I would get to say hi and talk to mom's other students in her classes. So I would like sprint with my little kindergarten book bag, you know, like bouncing on my bag all the way down to her room. And then I got to make like worry dolls in her class because she was a Spanish teacher at that time. And I loved, you know, gluing the yarn down and making their dresses and all kinds of stuff. And um, God's eyes as well. We got to make those too. So that's my earliest memory. A good one. My earliest bad memory. um, I have two that I have to share. One. One would be the fact that um, she had these huge cabinets in her room. And at that time, no one believed in screwing things into the wall. Uh, Maybe that's I'm the reason why Ikea makes you screw things into the wall. So um, I was, I think, trying to get a book or I was climbing or something. I don't even know what I was doing, but I was in it. I was in the shelf and it came down on me with all the books, everything else slammed. I'm trapped in this thing. Luckily, I was so tiny. Like at that time, I fit in like a free space of a shelf. So as soon as like someone would pick it up, I was just like right there, you know, like oh, here, here I am. I was fine. I didn't get hurt. I just imagine like a jack in the box popping out. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. The other memory I have is um, I might have been in first grade for this one, too. I was young, young, young. Um, it was the old school building, which isn't there anymore, but mom was working in her classroom, you know, ignoring me. I was seeking attention, I guess, as a psychologist would look at at this point. Um, and I took a black permanent marker and I walked my happy little butt outside out on the front steps. And I wrote my name nice and big on the concrete steps of the building, right where everybody entered. And it it was my name. It was nice and big, nice and big. I got in so much trouble. Well, (laughs) I feel like that's very appropriate because we're talking about um, leaving a legacy uh, and, and that is truly a legacy right there. I knew she was going to tell that one. I knew it. (laughs) This is an audio only podcast, but if you could see Sandra right now, she is laughing so hard. She's crying. I am. Oh my goodness. What a day. What a day. (laughs) My, but that's awesome to hear the stories, the good stories. (laughs) about um yeah what you remember what she remembers about coming to my room when she was little and now her daughter is doing the same thing it's so sweet as we just saw her a little bit ago peek into the room she comes down right from kindergarten and comes to Callista's room and it's you know it's heartwarming you know that she can do that 
Yeah. I forget about the little benefits too of being like a teacher's daughter or kid, like getting the snacks, getting to sneak into the teacher lounge and get a pop or like a donut if there's extra leftover in the morning, you know. And she's like eating my 10 pound bag of candies that I bought from Sam's Club for my kids. <laughs> and I think she has eaten every single Whopper out of the bag. Okay. I think she has excellent taste. Throwing that out there. <laughs> um, let's talk about some of the other benefits of being a, a teacher's kid. Now that you're a teacher, are you able to pick your mom's brain and, and get off on a, a better foot than other early career educators, you think? Um, I probably have more knowledge of teaching because of her. And like, I graded her papers. I think even when I was like in elementary, maybe like sixth, seventh grade, I, I would, I would grade them, you know, for her. Um, lesson planning was different back then. They had this like green, like the green notebook with where you had to handwrite, you know, your grades in. Oh, I remember this well. That, that lesson plan, like those square thingies. And I, I remember like seeing like maybe four words written down. Um, but like typing up <laughs> pages of a lesson plan that doesn't exist once you actually become a teacher. So, <laughs> um, that part, yeah, a little bit, but I think I think now I kind of get on her a lot because we come from different worlds. We have different backgrounds now. Like I'm special ed, and she's a gen ed teacher, so I'm getting on her. She about like things she's doing for her sped kids, or like, um, like not offering them, you know, these different things to how to take tests or whatever. And I'm like, mom, they can really be doing this. Like you can make this on the computer so that they can re have it read aloud and like making life a little bit easier for her and her intervention specialists. So I don't know. And I'm like teaching her these different game sites and stuff that I'm learning, like how to access like book it and flippity.net where you can create your own board game and flashcards and crossword puzzles, all kinds of stuff. In so other words, both. technology yeah. is I, I get a zero in technology. <laughs> If and we had so to write that she, down in our little green book. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I'm still very old fashioned about the way that I approach things sometimes. And so that can be, you know, a, a place where she really chimes in and gives me ideas for that. I think maybe early on when she was trying to think of ideas, when, when she was starting to go through the, the schooling to be a teacher, that's maybe when she picked my brain a little bit. But uh, if you know Callista you know, she's off and running. She's, you know, already got her own own path going. So well, and it sounds like if you tried to give her advice, she'd do the opposite just to spite you. Right, right. And that's <laughs> so what's the point? That's just me. I am. And I mean, as a kid, as in college, as an adult, oh, my poor husband, I God love him. I don't know how he deals with me because I'm so bullheaded. I just do it my way. <laughs> I just do it now. <laughs> So let's think about the future. Do you want your grandkids to be teachers too? If that's something that's going to bring them joy, I would definitely point them in that direction. I know sometimes I do hear people say that you that they would not point their children in the direction of teaching. However, each of us have to discover our own path. And I tell people, I truly do not refer to my job as a job. I don't call it work. I call it school. I need to go to school. You know, it, it, I laugh every day here with these students. I'm with junior high students now. And there are times when they get me laughing because of something so silly. 
And I'll just look at them and say, guys, can you believe it? Why don't people want to spend all day long with you? It's just so awesome. To spend <laughs> then there are the other times when you're laughing because the opposite you can't do. <laughs> you can't, you know? But yeah, I would definitely recommend it. I think there's still, especially in our area, I think teaching is great. I do have a friend in Florida who's a teacher. It's more challenging, you know, where she is. Uh, but I love the area that we're in. And I, I think I would definitely love to love to see that. Yeah. Ohio has its own set of challenges, some Florida style challenges with our don't say gays and don't say race bills and all sorts of other stuff making their way through the state house. Mm-hmm. How frustrating is that uh, for you as a family to go through this together where, I mean, maybe it's nice to have a support where you guys can talk about it together and face it together. Yeah. I, our family's not super political. I will say that um, we're up to date ish because you, anywhere you look, you're up to date on something. Right. But again, like mom said, we're so, we're so people focused and people helpful that our first priority is always to build relationships. It's never to just teach the content. It's never about, I mean, I shouldn't say it's never about the content because it is per the state, but really like, I'm not going to walk into my class and tell them this is what we're going to learn today. And this is, this is what we're doing every day. You know, I'm not, that's not the first thing I come in and I'm saying, good morning. How are you? Did we have a good night? What did we have for breakfast? Like I'm worried about them. The content will come. They won't learn that content if you don't build that relationship with them first. So with all these bills and stuff, yeah, it's, it's hectic and it's always going to be something. It really is. And then two years from now, it's probably going to change. So for me to say that it's frustrating. I mean, I don't use that language anyway. Like I address people by their names. I try to be respectful on, um, on like things they want to be called, even the, even if it's not like what I believe, you know, I'm still respectful because I still care about people. Um, as far as the race stuff going on, that was a heavy hitter. Um, I was not in education when all the George Floyd and everything kind of exploded that year. Um, I was working at the board of DD at that time. Um, but even then it was rough. Like it was rough. I was afraid to go to work and I had known and loved these people for a year and a half. Like I, I, so race is hard, but that is, that's part of the reason why I chose to work in a rural, um, school versus in the city because I could have gone and taught in the city where there would have been multiple people that look like me, but I didn't choose that for a reason. What do you think your legacy will be with your students and, and maybe for future educators? That's a very deep question. My legacy that people first, people first, people first. That's, that's it. She was describing the, the last question as she was answering it. I thought to myself, I think that's probably what she picked up maybe the most from me is that she knows the students come first. I'm fortunate to be in a smaller school system. Um, Some of them have been neighbors, you know, um, friends, children. Uh, I, I know a lot about the kids, but some of them I don't know a lot about. And when they come to me, they come in, they get a fresh, you know, slate to begin with. And then they learn, I hope fairly quickly that I want my room to be a safe room for them. 
I want to respect them, that I am somebody, I will hold out my hand to help you. Now you need to reach back and grab it. And I mean, there are some students that have done that. And I'm now referred to as Grandma Sandy mm-hmm. by their children. Um, you know, after 29 years of teaching, I've had um, second generations. And by the time I retire, I might have a third generation come through here of students. So I just, they know that they'll see me at their sporting events. They know that I'm a cheerleader for them. They also know that if I, they come in my room and I can tell this just happened this morning, that if I can tell they've been crying, I'm going to say, hey, are, are you okay? Just like Calista said, I'm not just going to barrel ahead. I'm going to tend to that person's need at the time. And, you know, we can get subjects and predicates caught up in just a bit, but there's something above that. So each individual, just knowing them, learning them, really, really loving on them. And bringing them into your family, whether they're blood or not. Yes. I, do, uh, I do have a second brother now. He is, yeah. he is my brother. He is uncle to my kids. And, and is he a teacher? Little, not a teacher, oh, but he okay. was one of my former students. He did start school before you joined the service and in teaching. So he, he thought about it. He attempted <laughs> An almost family business there. (laughs) Well, I am so, so grateful to you both for sitting down and sharing your stories with me. And our schools are better places because of people like you. Thank thank you. you. Is education your family business too? Do you want to share your family story on one of these A Legacy of Education episodes? Or do you have any other ideas for upcoming episodes of the Education Matters podcast? send me an email at educationmatters at ohea.org. New episodes drop every Thursday. Next week's episode features the 2023 Ohio Teacher of the Year. You don't want to miss it. Until next time, stay well. <laughs>